who is with Vinny Fiorenza? There's a lot he doesn't know. There's a lot he wants to know. This is a podcast where he tries to learn from people who know things he doesn't. He'll be focusing on people from the worlds of business, entertainment, and the arts. His guests are people he finds fascinating and that he believes will bring value to others. Join him on the journey on finding out who is. Who is Tuesday Thomas? Tuesday Thomas is a comedian, an actress, and someone who has a story that really needs to be told. In this episode, we get into some topics like Tuesday's experiences since transitioning, her comedy show called Tuesday's Trash, her impression of uh, Geraldine Jones, one of Flip Wilson's characters, and uh, some of her wild stories just throughout her life. So please join us on this episode of Who Is Tuesday Thomas. Hi, everybody. We're here with Tuesday Thomas, and we're, we're going to learn a lot about her. We're going to have a lot of fun. Let's do this. <laughs> you sure they want to learn about me? I don't know. I, I, I think so. I find you fascinating. I think <laughs> a lot you. of other people will, too. So to start off, uh, where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in upstate New York, but I lived the majority of my life in, in New York City, between New York right. City and Rochester, New York area. Nice. Oh, so Rochester was the city that you were yeah, from? Yeah, that was upstate. Yeah. Well, I was close by. It was a very small town. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like on the Finger Lakes area. It's like, yeah, very, very small <laughs> town. I, remember, I was trying to like count the traffic lights. That's good. That's how small That's it is that I couldn't count again. the traffic lights. I mean, I don't remember it. I wasn't able yeah, yeah. to just a second, but you could count the traffic lights in this town. <laughs> what was what was it like growing up in a small town? Oh, it was hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was absolutely hell. <laughs> I mean, because you know me, I'm a little bit different. And uh, growing up uh, was just, yeah, I didn't fit in. And, Got it. Uh, always so had figure it out. Has that like kind of influenced you who you are now? like growing up in that type of small town? The kind of impact it has because life was so rough for me. Emotionally or like, like physically, oh, everything across the board, everything across the board, wow. you know, I mean, it's like I, I was born, you know, I'm growing up in the late sixties through the seventies in a small town in upstate New York, born male, not understanding what my problem no. was and knowing that I wasn't, didn't fit into that yeah. assigned thing at birth and no, but having nothing at the time to tell you what my problem was there was nothing i mean there yeah. were things out there but you were building there were, the map there were, you know? yeah i was like out there with a machete like <laughs> cutting down the freaking trees and the brush and stuff so i think what that did for me a couple of things i think it made me appreciate things more because okay. I had to fight for them. But I also think it made me extremely empathetic because I was hyper-tuned to everything. You know, when you're hyper-tuned yeah. to something. Um, like, people walk into the room, and if you've been hyper-tuned, you're going to tune into the person that's problematic as opposed to the joyous person because you're, you're waiting for the shoe to drop. That made me empathetic to people, which in turn made me really root for the underdog in so many ways. Is that, do you think that uh, comes up a lot in your world and like the comedy world? Comedy's interesting. It's, yeah, it's tell, so tell us. interesting. Yeah, tell because us what, you, how do you think? Like, like I just. I don't subscribe to there's one way to do it. And so many people are like, you got 10,000 hours in, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, well, that's not true. 
there's no roadmap to one anything in life and so i just went and found my own i understand i understood that you need to be at a certain level and have a certain practice or something yeah. before you got to where you were going but it's just like this yeah bullshit about that's why i went and did things for you know my own projects i was always working on my own projects because if you build it they'll come you got to do something for yourself and you enjoy it if you don't enjoy it what's, what's the, point? the point exactly so <laughs> everything i did i mean i had that show i still do occasionally tour it but you know before COVID, i had my show freak show which was 16 cities on rotation twice mm. a week in vegas as a residency nice. and you know eight years going and um i started that because i just found it fun when did you start this journey like meaning the, the comedy side of things well i went through a lot i mean when i was younger i was always the one you know i hosted burlesque and drag shows and did you know drag performances but i was always the one everybody was laughing at i bartended and uh, oh how old were you in that like i started from... you know 20. Uh, okay know, cool i mean 18 when i was 18 that was the drinking age in new york and then they changed it up when i turned 21 it became 21. oh wow so, but I also I was like drinking when I was 14. Yeah, no, we all were. I think the first time I did acid, I was 15. Okay, that's yeah. a little different, but I feel you know, like. <laughs> I mean, I did coke when it was, you know, it was pure white and, you know, you did a tiny bit of it and lights got brighter and bells went <laughs> off in your ears. Changed. That was like the real stuff. It wasn't, wasn't cut with baby laxative and all that stuff. It was real. Um, so yeah, I'm mean, smoking pot at like twelve. Um, no, yeah, like, that's because I'm escaping things. I'm self-medicating because yeah. you know the way I was brought up. I'm trying to figure this out. You know, I, it seems like that that might be that might be a common trend in the comedy world. Like, do do you have specific people that you, I guess, kind of like early on or now even like emulated like comedic inspirations? Well, I mean, I was brought up with like those 70s of variety shows like Sunny and Cher and mm -hmm. Tony Orlando and Dawn and Carol Burnett and all those shows. And so they always had different comedians on, but I like the older ones, you know. I liked Flip Wilson. He had his own show. He was hilarious to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, he did a character called Geraldine Jones, which was him in drag. Oh, wow. Do you know who Flip Wilson is? No, Flip Wilson's I don't, African American. Yeah. Okay. He was one of the first to get his own TV show. He was a hilarious comic. Uh, uh, had Carlin on a show and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I even think he had Lenny Bruce on at one point. Could be mistaken. But he did this character called Geraldine Jones, who he did in drag. And Geraldine was the, like, you know, very, like, I want to tell my boyfriend kill on you. <laughs> you know, that kind of person. And I remember saying to my mother at, like, I don't know, maybe seven, eight. She's like, what do you want to be for Halloween? And I'm like, I want to be Geraldine Jones. And oh she's my like, God. I don't think I can do that, you know, because <laughs> of the situation. And I'm like, no, I fought it. And finally she's like, okay. So, I mean, this is the only time I'll admit to it because it was like, you know, 1969, maybe. 68 something like that so she just put some dark makeup on my face and got Geraldine me the blonde wig that geraldine had and put me in one of my sister's dresses and i went out trick-or-treating and i remember just thinking i was it and calling around <laughs> to all the people that miss jones yeah all the people getting candy from i'd be like give me your candy 
And um, this one old lady opened the door that I was supposed to friends, and she, you know, she did the typical old lady thing. Oh my gosh! Oh look how scary! You're a skeleton, and oh, you're a Frankenstein, and oh, you're a ghost. And she looked at me and she said, "I, I, I don't know what you are, but it looks like you fell into a mud puddle, child." <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> i know no. of course yeah i don't know <laughs> it's funny you know but so that's what i was attracted to you know i was attracted to the, the just the crazy wild funny you know um i think you know in comedy like though here's the thing about comedy you're either yeah. you're either a uh uh a, what's the word uh uh i'm trying to think of another word for it just escaped me like a, not a prima donna but another word for like you're sainted like you're you know you're a god you have a god complex or you have so like complex. there's people who like well, untouchable like what do you mean by well, that yeah what i mean I by know. that yeah. like it's not the right word and it, the word escaped me what i mean by that is like you're either a person who's been like me who's been shit on and beat up and thrown out and all the shit that's happened to okay. me you're one of those people who are a victim you've had crap happen to you and so you've gotten through it by finding yeah. funny. The other people are the people who have been told, and this is true, I think, in entertainment in general. The, the other people, and I don't think there's any middle of the road because they never last, the people who are in between this. The other people are people whose parents are like, you can do no wrong, you're perfect, you're sainted. You're one who's mm -hmm. sainted. You're either a saint or you're a victim. That's God, the word I want, okay. saint. So it's like, it's like, well, like Kanye. His, He's a saint. He was told his whole life he could yeah, do no wrong. And he did, you know, he, but like, look what's, look what happens to the saint people. Yeah. When the some, fall comes, sometimes, yeah. it's huge. Us victims, if we have a fall, we're like, yeah, I've been through this before. Brush us up. Yeah, it's a reg regular day, regular day at the office. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But, um, so I, I know that you've been, uh, you've, you're in LA now and you've been a lot of places before then. Where, where are some of the places that you stopped off before, before you decided to I be got, out here? Uh, I got, uh, 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 yeah. Tell us a little about, yeah. about the, Tuesday, <laughs> the Tuesday stories. Give it, give us the yeah, Wednesday through Friday. I got stalked by an ex-husband. Oh, jeez. I got stalked and chased from city to city. I was in San Francisco. I was in Seattle. I was in LA before stalked. I was in Charleston, South Carolina. I've lived in Atlanta. I had to go back to upstate New York. I had to go, you know, all these places because he kept finding me. So I've been like a lot of places, oh a lot. And I love LA. I loved LA the first time I was here, but. When was the first time? Well, it was a weird time because it's like, I remember voting for Obama for the first time in Studio City. <laughs> that's my timeline, that's how I know. <laughs> okay. uh, so that was what, 2007, 2008? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's also when the writer's strike happened. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also when reality TV came in. And that's also when all the banks fell. This is, this is a good, uh, good timeline here. Good year and I Getting history. Find, I couldn't even find a job as a waiter, waitress, you know, so. I, it was a then, tough time. Then I discovered, you know, I came home to a post-it note on my door with a little map of the area with the street names on it. And then my address with an ax and he wrote, ha, 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 I found you. Oh, my God. So like, well, I got to leave here. I kind of like it here. And this was L.A.? This is L.A. Oh, man. my God. And like 2008 or something? Yeah. yeah or 12, yeah. Oh, my God. Chased me out of Vegas twice, chased me out of uh, Seattle, chased me out of Charleston, South Carolina, because he didn't make it over there, but he would found out where I was living and we'd call up places and get me Where'd you two stuff. link up originally? Well, it was in Vegas. Oh, in Vegas? Yeah. 
in Vegas. What were you doing out there? Was it like I was comedy? living out there? It was yeah. I went there like actually, <laughs> I went out there. I had a good job offer uh, for bartending, and um, I thought I'd take my time. You know, I got some money in my pocket. I'll take my time and not go to work right away. And two days after, or one week after I got there, and I'm still on my vacation, and two days from there, I'm supposed to start my job. 9-11 happened, and everything <laughs> shut down. And uh, they rescinded my job offer, and, uh, yeah, everything went to hell. Did, did you stay there after that? That's I crazy, I had nowhere though. to go, really. Yeah, At that point, yeah. I was there, and I had already bought, you know, spent the money on the, the apartment. apartment. and. A week, yeah. a week before I left, uh, we went to Windows on the World to have a goodbye dinner. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did, you do, did you do comedy there, too, like no, while you were there? No, no, no. Okay. I didn't start comedy until I was in San Francisco, which was a few years before I came to L.A. here this last time. I started oh. to do it like regularly like i'm like specifically stand-up comedy as opposed to like because you've been on dad. stage for a long time yes, now yes. yeah what uh like what what type of stage routines have you done over the years oh I've yeah because i know you from stuff. the beginning I'm sure yeah you i've done some crazy stuff i mean i remember one show i put on in the in the f drag female impersonator performance when i was younger was a dead celebrity night so I came out as Natalie Wood with like all the seaweed and beer bottles tied to it because you know she drowned and I did her version of Let Me Entertain You and that seaweed That's was really like the fun. boa and I was in a bathing suit that had like fish hooked to it and stuff. That's funny. And then I did Janis Joplin and I actually came out and pretended to shoot myself up and go into a convulsion and die on stage. I did a piece <laughs> of my heart. So that's... My humor. That's where I. That's. <laughs> I was always there. Yeah. <laughs> it was always there. That kind of stuff. You know, I did. Um, I did this thing once where it was no. that Sinead O'Connor song, "Nothing Compares to You," and it started out with because uh, it was uh, uh, you know uh, uh, answering machines were then happening yeah. then, and so it was an answering machine beep went off, and it was like this guy who said it was my boyfriend, and um, he. Uh, said, I'm sorry, I really love you, but I can't date you anymore. I can't go out with you. i got to break up with you. And he ended the thing, and I went into nothing compares to you, and I ended it with taking a, a trick knife with blood in it and slitting my throat with blood just pouring down it. Oh, and as I lay there dying, the, the, the phone rings again, and the message goes off, and it's him going, baby, I changed my mind. I can't live without you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great skit. So, yeah. Jeez. Um, I'm twisted. Yeah, no, it's it's good. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I'm successful. I think it's yeah. because I'm like be, I'm different, you know. What? So you've done a lot of these different types of shows, like obviously all across the country now. Like, what what are some of the favorite shows you've done over the years? Like, so ones that you could reference. Uh, when I was with Freak Show, it's probably some of my favorites because that show I emceed, and I would do characters in and uh, as well. But we would have drag queens. Like I remember one drag queen came out and um, did Madonna's Like a Virgin and actually pulled a bloody baby out of her cooch area <laughs> that had like a liver attached to it as the afterbirth and like nice. red vines that she chewed on that was the oh. umbilical cord. Oh, that's perfect. And, and at the end, she she uh she uh uh what do you call it when you edit it she edited it in her own voice going holding that 
baby doll, bloody baby doll, going, I think I'll name it Tuesday. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, so we had weird acts like that and stand-up comedy, of course, and then a burlesque and drag and all kinds. Of, as long as it was dark and twisted and weird. And people would come up to me afterwards and just want pictures and just love it. And it just was so popular. Where was the freak show? Was that Wait, LA? That was the one that was eight years, 16 cities. God, we oh, through the yeah, so get, stuff, run yeah. us through that. Give yeah. give us like a, like, was it the same performance in each city? Like, no, no. okay, so we changed off the, the cuff. I, like, used, I used the same performers throughout the runs, but I would mix them up, you know, use local people or bring in my people from LA uh, or whatever. And it was always a different, it was the same format, but it was a different But this was your show time. you produced? Mm -hmm. well, did you have partners or something in it? Like, yeah, I had help with that. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know I'd about that exactly. And, yeah. We still do it, like, after COVID, I'm trying to get it back up and running, but it's really difficult. Venues right now are just, they want the tried and true that we're, they, you know, it's funny, because during COVID, they were all like, no. BLM, we need more black people, we need more non-cis white people, we need more trans, we're going to win, you know, when, when, mm -hmm. when we finally get up and running, we're going to be better, and we're going to do this, and the minute they get up and running, it's all cis white guys, all right. tried and true, they don't want to, it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that one. Well, that's just the way it is. It's like with yeah. the improv. I don't care if I don't ever get booked to the improv. I really don't care about that. I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I, people are going to see my worth, and the ones that matter are going to give me something. But when the improv opened back up, in the first weekend they opened, they had 32 performers, and none of them were women. Oh, no way. Wow. And, and, then, and then when called on it, the booker, who is female oh, wow. said, well, I'm not really sure how to book women. Help me book women. How do I do it? It's like, what do you mean? ask us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Oh my God. Well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I, so as a trans woman, do you feel any responsibility like as an artist, like for the trans community, like, like, does it go hand in hand? Like, like, do you feel any specific responsibility? I don't know what responsibility really means, but I do feel that I have to stand up and show yeah. that we're worthy and we're, we can do what other people want. And, yeah. you know, this whole this whole uh, thing about I don't know if I could hire a trans woman for this job. You've probably been hiring a trans woman for the job you, in the past. You just didn't know it. I mean, when I came out with the documentary yeah. and said to people that I was doing this over COVID, there were people who I've known for many, many years who said to me, uh, first of all, I did not know that you are trans. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, That's interesting. All, yeah, I'm not that I'm matter. Board. What the hell's the difference, you know? Well, exactly. Yeah. That was their point. They were like, I've known you for, yeah. like, you know, people have known me for many, like, I'm talking over a yeah. decade. We're like, I did not know. Because, you know, it wasn't like anything that was really talked about a lot. And then COVID hit and then all these things started coming. And I was like, I think I need to be more open about that. I didn't realize I was. I Here's the problem. When you mm. are something and you've lived with it for so long, you assume everybody understands it like you do. Yeah, I mean, you're in that you're in that world. And like all the people are, you know, maybe not even anywhere close to that world. Exactly. Yeah. So I can't fault them for not knowing, of course. Like I've never had a I never had a trans friend before I met you. So I, uh, you know, I 
never really met anyone and I didn't know. I bet you're right. I know I'm right. Um, I know I'm right because I know people who aren't out that probably you've run into. And um, that's on them. They don't want to be out. That's fine. But, you know, we can do just about everything everybody else can do. Of course, yeah. It's ridiculous how they're like, it's like the comedy things like, oh, I'm scared to hire a trans comedian because what are they going to, all they're going to talk about is their dick being cut off. And it's like, no. We live life, and we. Can, uh, of I course. talk about you know one, the one of the things in my act I talk about is how much the, I hate that children on board sign, on cars, and when you're driving around the neighborhood, I see slow. <laughs> to, you know, I'm like, oh, what? How do I? What do I care about these? I don't know these kids. <laughs> Who gives I didn't <laughs> fuck without a condom and make these kids happen. It's not my responsibility. Keep them inside. <laughs> Okay, it's not my, and plus, what have the kids done? They're kids, all they've done is shit and burped and puked. I've lived life, I've contributed to this world. We need the Tuesday stickers. I've done things, I've given money to charities, I've made a difference. Why isn't there bumper stickers that say, be careful, old tranny on board? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know these kids, what do I gotta worry about them for? That's amazing, (laughs) I never heard that one. Yeah, the, the, yeah, we need the Tuesday stickers. Uh, t- yeah. t- t- Tuesday on board. Jeez. I love it. Um, so, <laughs> so you're on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about that. You're on TikTok, pretty popular, known as the Trans Ma. Tran Ma. Tran Ma. I apologize. Yeah, a lot of people say Trans Ma. Yeah. Right. No, I, but I thank just, you for correcting me, though. I started um, that because I was like, I want to like help the younger generation, yeah. and I didn't know anything about TikTok, and I was people like, me you got to get on TikTok. So I started that, and it become became really popular and now justin and i are working on a uh we're developing a comedy series based on that oh that's that is fantastic going back and forth you know with exciting what's what do you think like what type of i see kind of like Like scripted or non-scripted scripted it's a scripted comedy series it's like a half hour situation comedy we're working wow you know we're developing it together. We're going back and forth, and it's uh, pretty impressive. You know, uh, yeah, Justin's great. Yeah, of course. God, yeah, Justin Ross, shout out. Yeah, but yeah, he's so fantastic. we're working on that as well, as well as you know, you and Justin are trying to get the documentary yeah. out, which I can't thank you enough. Oh of my course. god, I'm so indebted. Hopefully that gets out. Yeah, and, ho- hopefully, so, hopefully so. sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get there one step at a time. But yeah. you speak with the younger generation pretty frequently on on TikTok. Yeah. Like, what, t- tell me about that like how are there any stories or any like particular people that have reached out that there's a lot that want to just know what what want to know what it's like was like back then mm-hmm. i mean um there was no i mean i'd heard of uh, uh christine jorgensen you know who was like technically she wasn't the first but she was the first one that became well known about going over to europe and having she was a gi who went to europe and had a sex change and came back and was very back then she was very popular but it was that it was that media that what do you call it the in in early hollywood where they would have those you know like the inquirer type okay yeah yeah yeah. i follow yeah there was a lot of magazines like that back then but weren't as bad as the inquirer the inquirer was really nasty but they were like you know, oh, it's a weirdo. Let's look at the weirdo type thing. Wow. And so she was on talk shows and stuff. But, like, you couldn't say that. Like, people in where I grew up didn't really know that name. I had heard of it. Yeah, and anytime I, I tried to find out more in a library or something, it wasn't there. Wow. There was no internet. You couldn't find phone. Yeah. I had to go from when I had, when I wanted to get hormones and stuff, I had to go from doctor to doctor and have them laugh at me. 
Um, no one. Yeah, and I finally found one who would do it, and he was black market and would charge me all this money. And, and because you live as a woman and they won't hire you, wow. so you, you can't get medical insurance, and back then insurance wouldn't pay for it. It was a big catch-22. You really had to fight everything. I remember going to an LGB center because this is another thing a lot of people don't realize is the T in LGBT, the T was not added till almost the year 2000. Wow, no, yeah. I didn't a lot of people don't know that. that. So the T was always like, they always pushed us and was like, well, we'll get to you later. We'll get to you later. I even remember in 2016 that HRA was fighting and trying to push this law, an equal rights law, through. And they said, you know what? It'll make it better if we take out the trans from the law oh, wow. and get it passed. And then we'll come back and we'll fight for your rights later. Are you okay with that? But we were the ones that fought for the rights for yeah. the gay people, for the lesbians. We sat through the AIDS epidemic. We were decimated as well. And they kept saying, we'll get to you later. It's not your turn, and so Oof. we had to deal with that. I had an LGB center once. I went in there and asked for help, and they're like, you're an it. We don't know what you are. We have nothing no for way. you. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, couldn't even, yeah. So the kids don't realize that, and I think and, it and puts that's it in a lot perspective of the, for them. Cool. Like, okay. I think they think they're having a hard time, which they are having a hard time. I'm not taking that away. It was. It's not easy now. It's easier yeah. now. So I think it gives them a perspective. And um, is, is there any, like, interaction between you and the people online? Yeah, they ask the questions, and I do videos to answer it, you know. Oh, that's pretty cool. Has there been, like, you know, say, random messages from people that have, like, affected you in any type of way? Like, I don't know, people that are, say, thankful for what you do and how you present it. Yeah, I mean, they all, I'm always touched by when somebody, when I, I'm always humbled when somebody yeah. says, you've really helped me, because I don't see myself as that person, because I yeah. You know, I have that this thing in my head for me and like the kid who was told you're nothing, you're nobody. I don't care how old you get, that's always gonna be there. You know, to well, some respect. Yeah. So it always surprised it doesn't I don't think I'm nothing now. So I don't want well, you to get the wrong we idea. We know you're not. Right. So. I don't think <laughs> that. But there's always that somewhere there. So when somebody says you've really I can't thank you enough, you're just almost like, Wow. Did I really help you? Oh, oh. yeah. You'd be surprised so how much of an effect. You know, it's yeah. it's it's amazing. Uh, how does and how does that you know m make you feel both on both not only personal but maybe on a professional level too? Like maybe it has an effect in that one realm as well. I always say, um, I do the things that I do. Hopefully, people will learn and hopefully they'll understand that no matter how bad their life is or what they're going through, and I don't care if you're cis or straight or what gay or lesbian or Asian or whoever you are, your problems are your problems, and nobody's problems are bigger than the ones you're going through and you think are bad right now. And I hope that you'll understand you can get through it. If you can watch like the documentary or mm -hmm. listen to my stories about the crap that I went through, you can get through it and like understand I feel that I did not go through all this hell to not make somebody else's life better because well, I don't well. understand those people who are like, well, I had to go through it, so you have to too. That's absolute horseshit yeah. to me. I didn't go through what I went through, so you, I want you not to have to go through it, even you total strangers out there. Of I don't course. want you to have to deal with Nobody should have to deal with the crap that I went through ever.
Yeah, you've you've said a lot to me, and I was like, yeah, and I I know I've watched your documentary mm. too, and yeah, we don't, we don't need other people going through some of the things that you've experienced. No. Speaking of that, the name of your documentary is "The Trash Goes Out on Tuesday," which is a hysterical title. <laughs> but tell tell us a little bit about the project and um, what where'd you come up with that title? <laughs> which a long, long time ago. Yeah, I've never had luck with men. I've always been, you know, I've always been attracted to the bad boys because that's what my father was, a piece of crap. Okay. <laughs> my real father, my biological father. So that's, you know, what you're attracted to, uh, pretty much. And uh, somebody said, I was complaining to a friend about how my boyfriends always, you know, fuck around on me. Mm. They always cheat on me. And he just looked me dead in the eye and he said, the trash always goes out on Tuesday. Boom. <laughs> Boom. He told me right then and there, I'm picking the trash. And that's why it's happening. And that's always been in my head. Oh my and I thought to myself, someday I'm going to use that. And this is what, you know, I've done, I've done little comedy shows that I've called Tuesday's Trash. You oh know, I did, the, I, have a, a, I did a self-produced comedy show on the roof of the bodega next to my building. And it's on Amazon Prime. I called that great. Tuesday's Trash. That's so you can awesome. go on Amazon Prime and... For that's a dollar, awesome. you can watch it. That's awesome. Oh, my yeah, God. It's a, it's a weird... Yeah, it's like done at 2 in the morning after the bodega closed so they couldn't kick us off. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it was done on a foggy night during the pandemic. I made everybody wear masks, but not the mask here. I made them wear weird animal half masks from, Good. The, from the nose up. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite. That's the complete opposite. <laughs> I had on the back wall, I had these huge giant pieces of underwear and bras that were dirty that were hanging. It was just like I that's, embraced the whole trash yeah, theme and did a lot, it. A lot of trash around mm -hmm. that's good um so that's kind of my brand is finding <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's finding the beauty in the trash you know finding you're taking all the trash that is your life and making it into something yeah. beautiful because yeah. one man's trash is another person's treasure you know it's a it's a big fact i i, I watched a documentary and I, i'm you know I was moved by it because I, this is a world that I'm not in whatsoever. And like you kind of introduced me to this world. So it's pretty interesting. Why does this documentary need to be shared with the world? I think it needs to be out there because people need to realize what trans people go through. No. And also, as I said before, that no matter what you go through, I want to give people a beacon of hope that they can get through it and they can survive. You deserve every single one of us. I don't care what you are, what you identify as, who you are. You deserve space. You deserve to breathe the air. You deserve to be here. You don't have to like me because I'm trans. You don't have to respect me for my trans because I'm trans, but I deserve to be here well, just as much as you do. Yeah. And, you know, we'll stay away from each other if that's the case. I'm mm. okay with that. Um, but you can't especially with all the laws going on right now you can't legislate me out i mean tennessee just passed people don't understand what the tennessee law that just passed happened is no. is inclusive of they said they banned drag as public performance and everybody's like okay well so you can't be outside doing drag it's like no there's a little more to that there's nuances in there you can't beg technically a bar is a public place mm -hmm. eventually they could ban it from being in the bars but they ban drag as a public performance. That means they're banning cross-dressing in public, which means that if they knew that I was born 
male, they could technically say, I'm cross-dressing and I can't be in public. The first offense is a misdemeanor where they write you a ticket. The second offense is a felony. Wow. If you could commit a felony twice, you're going to jail. They have basically just outlawed trans people under everybody's eyes in Tennessee right now. And everybody's like, oh, it's okay. Drag can be inside. They don't, people don't stop and think about no. the actual nuances of these laws they're passing. And they're passing them, hoping that people aren't reading into them. And they're knowing exactly what they're doing in the long run. Well, I'm really happy you are able to, you know, spread this message and, you know, explain to people who don't understand from that world to give a little bit of insight. But I'm, I'm just going to switch it up a little bit and ask some, like, say, quicker questions. Okay. We'll get Rapid the, fire. Yeah, give it to, you know, I don't know. Favorite music artist? Oh, uh, my God. All right. It, you know. My God, there's so many. Maxwell. Which okay. is off the top of my head. That's I love cool. Maxwell. <laughs> I don't know if he's my favorite, but, yeah, but God, okay. I just that's where, that's where you lean towards. So, do you use the snooze button? Oh, I don't use an alarm. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I, have this thing in my, I have this wow. thing in my head where I say I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm up at 5 or 8, 8 in the morning, I'm up at 8. I've always been able to do that. Wow. That's impressive. So, you're growing up in Rochester or near it, I should say, um, do you have a favorite season? LA because there is none because I okay, that's a good every, I like every, every season say yeah every season Except today it was crazy every today. season leads to winter and I hate winter I said to I said to anyone I came up same. I said I drove here and I said I saw snow I don't like to see snow breakfast lunch or dinner breakfast food at dinner wow there we go that was a strong answer <laughs> so this is this is gonna be a tough tough one but um top three comedians I mean, Robin Williams has to be up there. Okay. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think uh, Red Skeleton. Okay. He's an old age. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and of course, Joan Rivers, just because she works so hard and she was so off the top of her head all the time. Those are all great answers. So this was this was our great conversation with Tuesday Thomas. I'm really really grateful that we were able to spend this time together. Um, where where could all the people find you? I know we mentioned Tranma on TikTok, but are there any other nice places where people can uh, find you? Well, I don't know how nice they are. Yeah. <laughs> there's Facebook. There's uh, Facebook uh, uh, Tuesday Thomas comedian. There's at Mama M O M M A warned me on uh, Instagram. Uh, Tranma, there's, I do, you can look up uh, Freak Show LA. I also do this comedy church thing. I run a 501c3 charity that's been, the US government recognizes as a religion that worships laughter. There is no God, Jesus, we worship laughter. And the IRS and the US government recognizes wow. I'm the only religion of laughter there is. And I'm starting to run comedy church where I have comedians of disenfranchised groups come and we raise money for disenfranchised youth. Oh, um, yeah. I'm yeah, that's glad to know that. I didn't know that one. Yeah, there's a but, story about that but, one. The IRS called me up. You wanna, do you have time for that one? It's, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so the IRS, like when I was doing this over COVID and I was applying for yeah. the 501c3 and I was applying for the religious exemptions and stuff to become a religion, I didn't hear anything from the IRS for a while. And all of a sudden I got a phone call and I was, they were like, hello, is this Tuesday Thomas? I'm like, yes, it is. They're like, this is the IRS. And I'm like, fuck, I'm screwed. They're like, we're calling about your application for the religious organization uh, church at Freak Show. And I'm like, 
Yes. And at this point, my phone's in my hand and I'm walking towards, I have floor to ceiling windows on the second uh-huh. floor and I'm walking towards the front thinking there's men in black coming to my door. <laughs> so I'm walking there and the woman says, we have a few questions for you. And I'm at the window and I don't see the men in black. And I'm like, well, they're around the corner. I'm being taken away. <laughs> so I said, okay. She goes, what's your address? I'm like, oh, they can't find my apartment. Well, they got me. They're, I might as well give the address. They're going to find me anyway. So I gave her my address. And I'm standing in that window expecting the cars to pull up and take yeah. me away. And she says, okay, that's all. We just couldn't read your handwriting. You'll have your okay in a week. <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> so I, I swear I'm to God, so I was like resigned the fact that I'm going to jail or something. I'm so happy we included that one. But um, <laughs> thank thank you so much, Tuesday. This was, oh, this was freaking awesome. Anything for you, Vinny. Oh, yeah, likewise. It's called <laughs> appreciate it. But uh, yeah, we'll take, take it. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk soon. Yeah. <laughs>